So there's something unbelievable that we are um, seeing now throughout the world. We're seeing a lot of people who are giving of themselves in uh, incredible ways, not just the soldiers on the front lines, but a lot of Jews, wherever they're living, they're living like they're on the front lines. And they're, they're um, you know, day and night, they're thinking, they're doing, and they're helping, and uh, in any way that they can, whether it's a spiritual effort to say some tillim, whether it's a physical effort, um, by actually sending resources to Israel, or uh, fighting the war with spiritual tools, uh, like the Rebbe said, how the power of tefillin, um, and Jews put on tefillin anywhere in the world, how it brings protection to Jews all over the world. So there's something, um, some unique strength that, that people are exhibiting. And the question is, how can we um, tap into that strength? How do we, um, how do we enlist, how do we get drafted? We don't, we don't have a tzav giyus. We don't have anyone coming over to us with a tzav giyus. Say, hey, you've been drafted. It's time to come back to the army. How do we, um, how do we get in touch with that, that energy which is needed now to uh, bring the victory, to be, to be part of this, this, um, this effort of, of uh, with the real, to live, to live in the level that, you know, if we're not being called on to uh, fight directly, and how do, um, how do you bring out that in yourself? So, you have actually direct instruction in this Torah portion, which gives insight not only to this question, but to many other questions in life. Um, and it's written in a very interesting way, and it, there's, a, there's a point to why it's written this way. The Torah begins this Torah portion with, Hashem tells Avram Avinu, is the first conversation Hashem has with Avram in the Torah, I want you to leave your land. And it's very unusual, um, because... We know a lot about Avram before he's 75 years old. We know how he broke the idols of his father. We know how he um, insolently defied the king's orders and uh, the king of the world, Nimrod, who threatened Avram to, if he doesn't bow down to some idol, he's going to kill him, and Avram is thrown into the, the furnace. He's done a lot, and he's publicized Hashem's name. He's caused thousands of people to believe in Hashem. And despite Avram's uh, amazing, rich history till he's 75, we know nothing about that from the Torah itself, from the written Torah itself. So we have to say that Hashem's words over here are fundamental to us as Jews. And there's a message here that we're all supposed to um, take home. There's something here that's, 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 that's directed at our Jewishness, and it's fundamental, and it's real. And the question is, what's the, what's the message here? So... Because the, what are the words? The words are, leave your home, leave your birthplace. Okay, so where should I go? How is that a message? Yeah. Let's say I'm living in Israel. Am I supposed to leave Israel? What does lacha really mean? Leave. Leave where you're going. Leave where you are. So, what, one thing that this means is this. Let's focus on this. A lot of people in the middle of whatever's going on in their lives, they suddenly like stop and they wait. They wait till the black wave, you know, descends, and then, then okay, then when this wave goes down, then I'm going to continue. And sometimes that wave they're thinking about can go on for years and years and years, and they're just, said so when this, I, I, I want to be like a fish in water to do my mission in this world. I, I can't do things right now. 
I want to, once this thing passes over me, once this challenge finishes, then I could start. There was a Jew named uh, Herman Wilkow, a very famous writer, and he was invited to Washington, to Washington, D.C. to participate in some event honoring the Rebbe, and he said the following. He said, let me tell you my, my uh, take on, on the Rebbe. He said, um, imagine if scientists discover that all the glaciers are going to melt, and there was going to be a flood in the whole North America and the whole world. There will be a flood. We'll be underwater in a month. What will all the rabbis do? So he said, depends which rabbi. He says, rabbis will say, you should say Tehillim, you should storm the heavens, you should pray. So he said, what would the rabbis say? This is his, his take. He said, in addition to all that, he said, the rabbi would say, okay, guys, you have a month to figure out how to live underwater. This, it's, it's very deep what he said. He said it's very deep because what that means is, is that you have a mission in the circumstances that you're in because those circumstances were planned for your mission. I was just in uh, Cleveland um, for this uh, simcha for my nephew's wedding and by divine providence I'm passing by this uh, CVS I don't have to purchase anything but uh, I need to say you know, one, of the, one of the blessings that are in the beginning of the Siddur. Anyways, use the restroom. And so I, I, I'm running out of CVS and I remember, you know, my, my uh, brother-in-law, his father became religious because he had to go to the restroom in 770. He was passing by 770. He had to go to the restroom, actually across the street in the, uh, the wedding hall there. He had to go. And that's, someone met him and said, hey, where are, you, where are you coming from? And that's how he and his children and grandchildren are all because something. I'm passing by for a second. I'm walking out to the car. Everyone's waiting for me. And I pass by this guy. Hey, want to put on tefillin? I've actually, um, no, I'm in a rush. Um, there's different ways of saying I'm in a rush. This guy was, I'm in the business. This, 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 that was a yes. So I'm like, one second. Uh, I'll do this, it'll take, it'll take a minute. It's a prayer for Israel. It's a good thing. I said, okay. Then he says, I've actually never done this before. But he wanted to do it. He said, I've never done this before. He's, his, his uncle is um, a, a part of this um, uh, very large organization. What's it called? The, 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 the um, What's in, what, the, the the major Jewish leadership president of Jewish leadership things? I know you heard, you you've heard of it before. Uh, the, the North American Conference of Jewish uh, Presidents of major Jewish organizations, something like that. So he's he's very connected to Judaism, and uh, but he never he never put on film before. Okay, so he put on film. He's very excited and he's very connected, and he's very wants to continue. And um, and and that was. It's not that that, that I found meaning where I was. It's that Hashem orchestrated events before that, so that should happen. Like we've discussed many times, how the Torah is not a blueprint, a manual for creation, telling us how to live our best life once creation is here. Rather, it's a blueprint. It's, a, it's, it's the opposite. First, Hashem is a Torah. He wants the Torah, Torah to be fulfilled. Where is the Torah going to be fulfilled? Therefore, He creates the circumstances in which the Torah will be fulfilled. So in this scenario, first Hashem created my Hashem created this guy needing to put on film. Therefore, he created my circumstances around that person's need, around that mission that had to be done. And this is the meaning of the words lechacha. Lechacha means you have a mission wherever you are. Lechacha means go, go. What does go mean? Go means that there's something you need to do because you need to, because it has to get done. Go. I think I think that's the right word. Go. In, in English, in English. When someone tells you, go, just go. It means you got it, you have a mission, you have something to do. 
In Tanya, the Altrebbe quotes earlier sources who say that the mind controls the heart. It's a very powerful thing. We really are affected by the picture that we give ourselves of life. If we look at life as boring and meaningless, so then that will hold us back from enjoying whatever the situation is. If you're going, let's say, like I was going to this wedding, and you're uh, thinking like, oh, I'm going to get in trouble with my sister-in-law because she doesn't like me, and I'm going to have to contend. You're going to create the scenario that you are that you're envisioning, you're picturing, you're imagining. You're going to go with that attitude, that's how you're going to feel, as opposed to like thinking... Oh, I'm going to this place. Everyone's. Going, I have something I want to share with people. I have something that that everyone's going to be excited to see me because my presence adds. I'm something that I am doing that 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 really is 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 going to complement. Is going to fulfill a gap in something. I have something to do here. I have, I have something. There's someone there who's a little lonely in the family, and I'm going to go talk to that person. I'm going to make them smile. When you feel that you are a a a piece of the puzzle, so then. So then you are you're filled with different kind of energy. So our mind not only does it um, sometimes prevent us from doing things because we have this picture. Oh, it's it's just can't be done. Um, even if, if when we even when we're doing something, the mind can either fill us with good feelings and energy and happiness, or it could fill us with with a sense of boredom and it could put spring in our step or the up. It has to do with the picture that we put to give ourselves. The picture that we live with is. Um, is what allows us to to be to, to be animated and successful in what we're doing, um, and this is the meaning of Hashem's words to Avram: Lech lecha. The word lecha Rashi says, "Go for yourself, for your benefit." Lana means for your pleasure. Tevasu means for your benefit. There are a lot of things in life which are not pleasurable, but they're beneficial. A lot of things which are in life which are beneficial, but they're not pleasurable. Hashem says this will be both enjoyable. And it will be beneficial, it will be good for you. The, um, the meaning of Hashem's instruction to Avram is very personal. Hashem is telling Avram, when you accept the mission that I'm giving you, when you take this on, when you decide, I'm going to go do this, the mission, it may be that you feel at the time that this, this is impossible, this is such a challenge. I can't do this, and I don't know why this is happening. But Hashem is saying, saying to you that whatever challenge you're having, by you realizing this is what Hashem is sending you and this is your mission, this ultimately will be beneficial because in, in many different, for many different reasons. It could be because this challenge is going to help you discover this different strength that you didn't know, didn't know you had before. It could be this challenge is, is the way to reach a, a greater place that you didn't know you had, that you're going to go to. We all know in our lives that, that we ended up in doing things and, and in different um, jobs and relationships and stories and, and, and all because of things that we thought like why is this what is this for and at the moment like this can't be isn't this, this is purposeless this is and yet that specific thing which we thought was 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 so purposeless and so demeaning and so uh, iron wall separating us from where we were meant to be in life that specifically is that's what is really beneficial that's what's really enjoyable. It has to do with one thing. It has to do with changing the picture of your mind and saying, that Hashem has a mission for me in this, this circumstance. Not once this finishes. Not once the wave goes over my head. But in the circumstance that I'm in right now, there's something that Hashem is asking me to do. There's, there's a mission for me here. I was 75 years old. 75 is a very, very... Uh, that number is very uh, meaningful. 
75 is numerically equivalent to the word bitachin, the trust in Hashem. It's a trust that Hashem has something for you to do where you are. You are 75. If you're going with trust in Hashem, then you're, um, you're going to be able to, to get the job done. Yeah? It starts with being 75. It starts with bitachin. There was a... Um, that's what the, the Bas Ayin says. 75 equals bitachin. Um, and the Shalah writes, the word lacha means go to yourself, go to your essence. How can you discover your essence? You can only discover your essence by um, by, give, by by accepting these, these challenges that Hashem has given you where you are and saying, this is the mission and I'm, I'm here and believing that you're in the place you're meant to be. It was a chassid from Israel who uh, was in the audience of the Rebbe and he says to the Rebbe, you know, you have so many things you ask your followers to do. It seems impossible. So many things. So the Rebbe said, like, like for example, you have to uh, be a good father and a good husband, and you have to uh, take, educate your children, and you have to uh, make sure to put on a film with other Jews and inspire other Jews and put mezuzahs in other people's houses, and you have to go out of your way. You have to do all these things. How is it possible to get all these and to learn Torah and, and to learn Torah and, and to excel in Torah? How are you supposed to get all these things done? So the Rebbe responded, the main thing to know is that you could do it. The main thing to know is you can. The main thing is you're able to do it. That's lechacha. Lechacha means you know Hashem is with you. He doesn't tell you everything. The, Hashem doesn't tell Avram where he's supposed to go. His lechacha, and, and that, that's very meaningful for us. Hashem doesn't tell. We don't know what challenges are going to be presented to us. We don't know what the mission is. The details of the mission. But one thing Hashem tells Avram is, "Asher ar eka, I will show you how to get there. You will be able to get to where you're supposed to go. Asher ar eka, you're not going there by yourself. Yes." I and only I, only Hashem knows exactly what the plan is. On the other hand, I will tell you that Hashem, I will show you where to go. I will show you how to get there. There was a Jew named Rabbi Kahneman who moved to Bnei Brak, who actually built all of the institutions, Torah institutions in Bnei Brak. It's an amazing thing, which fits well his own personality. He said that, uh, it says in the Gemara Brachas, in the beginning, the Gemara says, when Hashem comes into a shul in the morning, and there's no minion, Hashem gets upset. Hashem gets angry. How come Hashem says, I've come and there's no one here? Why have I come and there's no ish? There's no man here. If there's no minion. It's not ten people there. Hashem is upset. So he said, interesting. It says, there's no minion. That means how many people are there? Five, six, nine. In Yiddish, there's expression, a ninion. What's a ninion? A ninion is when all nine people, an unwritten Yiddish dictionary. Uh, when all nine people looking for the tenth man. So, so the Abishur is upset. There's, there's not, what do you mean? Why do you think there's, there's no one? There's nine people. Why is, there, why is Hashem upset? What, what's wrong over here? He said an amazing thing. He said, Hashem is upset because there's no Ish. Ish means a personality. Someone who's effective. How come you guys are standing here and not getting a tenth man? Why is there no one here who says, oh, one second, there needs to be a minion. I'm going to make sure there's a minion. It's not that there aren't nine people. There are nine people. But how come none of the people here is an ish? How come one's standing up and saying, I can accomplish something, this is going to get done, and it's going to happen, and I'm going to make it happen? Oh. <laughs> and that's what he did, actually. He came to Nebrak, and he, in Nebrak, he set up all these Torah institutions and out of, out of um, you know, grind, the grinding water. Not only the Torah institutions, he also made sure that the Torah institutions own properties that have income. Uh-huh. That was Nebrak, is owned by Ponovich. Oh, okay. The Ponovich Yeshiva. Ponovich is a big, big Yeshiva. So self-sustaining, you're saying. So, 
Asher Araka means that in your life you won't. Hashem is saying to you, you won't have the answer, but I will show you the answer. You, you, you won't know why you're in the certain. You won't know all the circumstances you're going to be in. You're going to go to mysterious things, mysterious places, things which will, will mystify you even after you get there. You won't know what this is for, huh? Really? Wow. So uh, you won't know, and yet Hashem says to you. You're not going by yourself. I will show you how to get there. You're going to be able to fulfill the mission. There was a beautiful teaching from Baal Shem Tev. It says, based on, on the Ramban, Nachmanis, Moshe Rabbein tells the Jewish people, tells the Jewish judges, if you do have anything hard for you, bring it to me and I will explain it. So the words Moshe Rabbein says, anything which is hard from you. It should have said, hard to you. I mean, it's hard for you, to, for hard for you. Why is Meshavim to say anything hard from you? Hard from you. What does that mean? So the Baal Shantav says, if a lot of times when we're in a certain situation, what's making this difficult is our own perspective of it. Our own self-interest, our own subjective reality, our own past history. It's, we, we ourselves place these, these, these um, narratives on circumstances that we're in, and that, those narratives are what... Um, are what hold us back. We, we place a narrative in a certain situation and say, no, this can't work, this is impossible. Uh, 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 or we, we, we often are subjective and think that, and take a situation and make it into something that it's not. Like a very, that's why it's so important, so critical that the, Rebbe, the Rebbe said that everyone should have their own personal spiritual mentor. If you have your own personal spiritual mentor, it could be an objective voice to tell you what the real message over here is. But sometimes you're in a situation and you're angry, you're upset. You go, "Why is everyone like this? Why?" And I could story that some said that I came to Machzad and said, I'm, "I'm in the synagogue," and everyone steps to me in the synagogue. Tzemachzadik said, "You spread yourself out of the whole synagogue. You spread yourself out everywhere. But everyone steps. I have to step on you." And then Tzemachzadik said, said, said very deep teaching. It says in the Torah, "Yazev Rosha Darki Vishmachshvesa." A wicked man should leave his road. A man of iniquity should leave his thoughts. Shemtev said, the Tzemach Tzedek said, the word uh, oven, which means iniquity, also means strength. Shouldn't it be I, 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 I. It's our, 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 the, our, the I, as the previous episode said, is the source of all evil. So in, what's making things difficult? If to remove ourselves from the situation. If to remove ourselves from the situation and really try to be open to the voice of Hashem. And one of the best ways to do it is to consult your personal spiritual mentors. But the Rebbe said it's so critical to have a spiritual mentor, to have someone objective in your life to tell you this is your mission, this is, this is what you're meant to be doing here. So if you remove yourself from the situation, you ask what Hashem's message is here, what does Hashem want you to do, that's how you, that's how you get there. This is also why Hashem doesn't tell Avram where he's going. Why not tell him where he's going? Not only that, Hashem doesn't tell him you've arrived. Wouldn't it be great if Hashem said, you have arrived, here's where you're meant to be. So Rashi says, why doesn't, Hashem, why doesn't Hashem tell him where he's, where he's going? Rashi says, because Hashem wanted to reward, reward him for every step he took. I want to give him a reward for every step he took. Okay, one second. If the point is to give him a reward, wouldn't he earn a reward just because, he, just because he's going? In other words, he's, he's uprooting his whole family. He's going on this mission that he doesn't know anything about. It's difficult. He's 75, he's married, he has, he has, he has a whole life. Why wouldn't he get a reward just for going? Deep teaching of Hasidim goes like this. Hashem wants him to be aware that every step is a mission. It's not that you're going to get somewhere else, and that's where the mission is. Every step is part of the mission. If Hashem would have told him, 
your mission is in this specific place. So then you would think, okay, my mission is not really where I am now. It starts over there. But Hashem doesn't tell him where he's going. Because Hashem wants him to know that every step is, you're rewarded for every step. Every step has, is part of the mission. It's not, you have to leave here to get there. Every step is lechacha. Every step is the mission. Every circumstance, it's, it's, an, it's, a, it's a very powerful personal message. Every circumstance in your life, that's exactly, no matter how, how, how it, it seems impossible, it seems what for, it seems empty, whatever it seems like, yet that's exactly where it is. We have to remove ourselves from the situation. There was a Jew, Rabbi Hamon, from, uh, from New Jersey. His wife has, would have this custom she would go to this um, cemetery uh, where her parents were buried right before Shoshana. And uh, one year, so like a week or two before Shoshana, they happened to be in Brooklyn and the cemetery is near there. And she, she says, maybe we should go to the cemetery now. It's hard to come back again before Shoshana. We usually, usually go the day before Shoshana, but they decide, okay, we'll go now. We go to the cemetery. And um, they visit her parents' uh, graves. And a little nearby, there's a, a funeral going on. And the funeral, uh, the people are, are gathered over there, and, and they see that he looks like he knows what he's doing. He has the black hat. Maybe, maybe he knows something about Torah. So they say to him, he's a uh, prominent rabbi, but they don't know that. They just say, hey, um, do you know how to do Kaddish? Sure, help us do Kaddish. Okay, he helps them do Kaddish. And then the funeral ends and they all leave. So one second, you guys haven't buried the person. The, 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 you haven't buried whoever passed away hasn't been buried yet. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, well, they'll, they'll come with a truck and they'll, they'll bury him. Which is not the right thing to do. You're supposed to um, someone passes away, the Hebra uh, Kaddisha or the Jews who are there, they're supposed to participate and do this chesed shalemes, this kindness of truth. It's called kindness of truth because you're not expecting any, any reward from any human being what you're doing because there's no, the person who you're helping is not is not going to be able to uh, pay back. Anyways, so um, so he says to himself, I learned this in yeshiva. This is a mace mitzvah. A mace mitzvah means a mitzvah, a, a someone who passed away that no one is there to bury. You have a mitzvah to bury them. I have this mitzvah right now. So he takes it upon himself and he starts burying this person and he spends several hours uh, and and he um, does it all by himself. It's very difficult. Hours and hours he's spending to bury this person. And as he's leaving, he sees a marker of the name of this person who passed away. They put a little before the before the um, tombstone is put up. They put a little a little marker with the name or the, the the. And he sees a name, and he's curious. Like who is this guy? And he went to sleep that night with wondering who is this guy. And wake up next morning, he woke up again. Who is this guy? And he did a little research, and he found out um, that this, where this person was from, and his search led him to the administrator of the yeshiva in Yisrael in Baltimore, where he had studied 40 years before. So uh, he calls the administrator, and he uh, asked the administrator, hey, do you know who this guy is? And the administrator said, well, that guy... That guy has a lot to do with you. What do you mean? So when your father called the yeshiva, your father was a man of means, and you should expect him to pay a sizable tuition. But then, right before you were enrolled, um, his business sank, and he couldn't pay anything. 
And to the yeshiva, so you were a promising young man, and and the yeshiva turned to this guy and asked him to pay to help out. He took on your tuition. He paid for your years in Israel. He was the one who paid single-handedly. He paid all your tuition. So think about this. You know, this guy, he planned to go to Brooklyn, and then there was a... And Hashem guided and arranged circumstances such that he would be there, and he would be there at the place that he could, in order that this guy should have, he was able to repay him in some way for all the kinds that this guy had given him and brought him to Torah. Mr. Eli Wiesel, was once, had it, he used to travel and lecture about his experiences in the Holocaust. He's at this uh, one particular place in the audience. Someone asks him, hey, you know, in the in Auschwitz, when you were there, she says, my father was there. Did you know my father? Elie Wiesel said, your father saved my life. I knew my father. Elie Wiesel said that he decided in Auschwitz, Elie Wiesel lost so much his own family there, Elie Wiesel decided he's going to commit suicide. There was a, you know, there was electric fence, people want to commit suicide, they go over the fence, they were electrical themselves. He's there at night, and he hears someone singing. And he's, and who's singing? He says, I saw your father singing. And ask your father, how could you sing? How could you sing? What are you, what are you doing? How could you sing over here? And your father said, they could take everything away, but they can't take away from me the They can't take away from me the appreciation that Hashem has given me a life and I have something to do in this world. I have the, simcha, the simcha. They can't, they can't take away my simcha. They can't take away my, they take everything away, but not the simcha, the joy I have in the mission that Hashem has given me. That's, I can't take away. They can't take away the lechacha. This is the mission of the Eivishter. Just to realize that there is that we are all on the mission, we're all on the front lines, we're all drafted, and the exact our circumstances are part of the victory of the Jewish people by each of us doing what we need to do where we are, and uh, this is the time. This is the time to uh, connect to Hashem, the to Torah, to mitzvahs, to each other, and uh, to, and to see the fulfillment of Hashem's words to us. Leave and come to Israel. I've given it to you. Nachal Salem, forever with Mashiach Sakeno. Machaim. Thank you. Nakum Haberl. Shkech, I'm in Shabbos. Santa? No, I don't know how to.